Hi there, I'm Andy Malinsky. I am a professor of international management and author of Global Dexterity and the book Reach, uh, a new course creator of an online course uh, about mastering American business culture. And you are listening to uh, Chris Smith's Culture Matters podcast. Build your cultural competence. Listen to interesting stories. Learn about the cultural fails and how to avoid them. Get the global perspective here at Culture Matters on International Business. Your host, Chris Smith, has a plan. A plan for people who are looking for a solution. He makes you understand cultural diversity better by interviewing real people with real experiences. Every episode, he interviews a prominent guest who'll tell you his or her story and share international experiences, making you more cultural competent. And now, here's your host, Chris Smith. Good morning, good evening, or good afternoon, of course. My name is Chris Smith, and you're listening to the Culture Matters Podcast. You are listening to episode number 93, and for the second time around, we have Professor Andy Malinsky. Andy Molinsky is the author of two books, Global Dexterity and Reach, and is the Professor of International Management and Organizational Behavior at Brandeis University in the U.S., which is close to Boston. He writes regularly for Harvard Business Review, Inc.com, and Psychology Today, and is the creator of the new online course, Mastering American Business Culture. If you have not subscribed to this podcast yet, this is an excellent moment to do so. All right, why don't you do that on iTunes or Stitcher? And in the meantime, I'm going to go to the interview. It's time for this week's guest at Culture Matters. Good morning or good afternoon or uh, good evening. Andy, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good as well. Yes. Um, it's uh, it's getting dark here. Uh, and recording time is a quarter past four. And recording date is January 3, uh, 2018. You're actually the first one up uh, in 2018 in terms of um, uh, of podcast recording. And that is only if you're listening in the future. So happy new year to you. Happy new year to you as well. <laughs> I feel a song coming up almost. Um, Andy, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, you have been on... Uh, in 2015 as well so um, but we'll talk about that in a moment as well but tell us a little bit about yourself where are you now and what would you consider your cultural frame of reference I'm American born um, I live in the United States I'm a professor of international management and organizational behavior at uh, Brandeis University which is a um, university in Boston uh, in the Northeast of the United States. Uh, my background is in organizational behavior and psychology. Uh, I wrote the book Global Dexterity, which perhaps some listeners uh, have read or heard of. I also write <clears throat> a lot for Harvard Business Review. Uh, I'm a columnist at Inc.com and Psychology Today. I do a lot of consulting and speaking. And as we talked about earlier offline, I actually have uh, just created and am, am going to be launching soon mm -hmm. a new online course called Mastering American Business Culture. Okay. All right. And that is one of the reasons that you're, um, you're on the show again, because you were, you have been here and that was, uh, aired in March 2015. I looked it up. It was episode 26. And what happened with you in between 2015 and now? <laughs> uh, I, I got a lot of things. Uh -huh. in a <laughs> well, nutshell. I, I, in a nutshell, um, 
Well, I published my second book, which is probably my biggest professional accomplishment mm-hmm. between those two times. Um, that book uh, was a, is a book called Reach, mm-hmm. uh, which is a book about learning to step outside your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. It's not a culture book per se, but it's about it's very relevant to culture, and I've used it in my work as well. It's about why it's hard to step outside your comfort zone, um, how we avoid doing it, and mm-hmm. we're all probably, uh, you know, in some way good at avoiding doing it. And then what you can do be, you know, what you can do to, to, to be more successful at stepping outside your comfort zone. It's based on a lot of research mm-hmm. that I have done and, and also others research. Uh, and it's a very user friendly book, just like my book, Global Dexterity. And so, uh, from that book, I've, 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 done all sorts of other things. Um, I've had an opportunity to do a lot of speaking and consulting, and as I said, this new online course. So it's kind of launched uh, sort of a new a new direction for right. me. Uh, and and I guess that's that's probably the the, the biggest thing that I've done since uh, t- since since we aired. I can imagine. How long did it did it take you to get this off the ground? Because uh, you're about ready to launch this, right? Mastering American business culture. How long did 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 it take for you to put that together? Well, it's actually based on work I've been doing for, gosh, 15, 20 years. Um, I I began my career, frankly, helping people master American business culture. My PhD dissertation Uh uh, was was, uh, about – uh, helping, or it was about understanding the challenges that um, in the United States that Russian professionals, professionals from the former Soviet Union, so not just Russian, but former Soviet yeah. Union professionals had in learning to interview and network in the United States, which was so different from what they were used to. And that was many, many years ago that I, uh, that was the origins of my ideas about stepping outside your cultural comfort zone, the origins of my book, Global Dexterity, and really the origins of this course as well. And since then, I've I've been teaching and training foreign-born professionals in the United States how to uh, overcome the psychological challenges they have in stepping outside their comfort zone, mm-hmm. and then ultimately how to master American business culture. So it's a long time coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, the actual course itself, I've been working on for about a year, the, okay. the actual mechanics of the course itself. And right. what's really great now is that you know if I were to, to have tried this course to create this online course five years ago, I think. Mm-hmm. I, the technology w- would not have been good. It would have really yeah, looked, yeah. w- wouldn't have looked good. And yeah. now it's really quite amazing what, what's what's available to you. So okay, so we, we we're talking about a platform, a course. What what is what is what if I say Andy, give me a portion of uh, mastering American business culture. What do I do? What do I get? Yeah, so so you get you get a lot of things. Um, so so um, if you're if you sign up for for, for this course, um, it's a it's a it's a system and a process that you'll learn to take a, a situation that's outside your cultural comfort zone. So so I, I think it's it's useful to 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 actually think of an example. So um, let, let, it could be a, two very common examples that people I find face are learning to make small talk. In the United States, okay. when in a lot of cultures, making small talk is not something that they're comfortable with or used to, at least in the American style. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, or networking, pitching, and promoting yourself. In the United States, it's I think it's I think self promotion, you know, for better or for worse, it, is it, it it's a it's a bit more acceptable and, and maybe more um, kind of more more active and aggressive than you might find in other cultures. Th- those are two very common situations. So if the, so, in the course, what you would do is you would choose a situation that you want to focus on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I 
through the course, and this is through a combination of narrated uh, special PowerPoint lessons and also right. some live action videos of me, uh -huh. uh, you'd learn to diagnose the challenges that you have. You'd learn to understand the gap between what you're used to uh, in your culture, your cultural code, and what the cultural code in the United States is for the situation you're choosing. You'd learn to understand and diagnose the psychological challenges that you face in that situation. Mm -hmm. You'd learn a series of tips and techniques that I've been working on for many, many years and I've been using with, with people that I coach and train, both featured in my books, Global Dexterity and my book, Reach, mm -hmm. uh, to help you overcome the challenges. You'd have a process for actually going and finding situations uh, where you can practice real situations, where you can practice uh, what, what, what you're trying to improve at. And the, this whole course is going to be done in small groups, small cohorts. Mm -hmm. In each cohort, let's say a cohort of four to six people, you'll be assigned to a small group and you'll have a designated cross-cultural coach who's going to bring you and the other people in your group through the journey. There'll be a series of live uh, video mm -hmm. webinars that you'll be part of no matter where you are in the world. And this is which is one great thing about the course, which could never have happened again without the technology. Uh -huh. But you'll be part of a small group uh, led by an expert cross-cultural coach that's going to bring you through the process. So you not only will experience and understand the challenges you face, over learn to overcome them, learn to develop some expertise and frankly, some confidence. Mm -hmm. You're also going to be going through this journey uh, expertly guided by a coach and also with other people who are kind of going through the same thing you are. Probably for, could be from a different culture, could be focusing on a different situation, but you're going to see that process in a group setting. You're all, and the final thing I'll say is that I've also been creating what I call my uh, library of sort of the most challenging situations people tend to encounter. Mm -hmm. And I've been creating a series of what I call these expert videos of how to actually, you know, make small talk in the United States, how to network and so on and so forth. And so someone taking the course would, in addition, have access to all the uh, the expert videos in the library for, for a variety of different situations that you might find challenging in American business culture. Okay, so that triggers a question because, um, for first of all, you you started with the Russians or the people from the former Soviet Union not being able or not really understanding how to do interviews with Americans or that was so different. Do do a lot of people know what their psychological challenges are do, when they step into a situation like this? Yes. Yeah, so so I should say that that was 20 years ago when I was working with uh, the Russian professionals in the United States. And uh -huh. since then, I've, I've worked with people from uh, – Every single country in Western Europe, okay. uh, Ch China, Japan, Korea, India, I mean, you name it, South America, Latin America. So all sorts of folks from all sorts of countries struggling to adapt to the United States in all different Different ways, uh -huh. so it's so that that was that was what I did 20 years ago. But 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 the course and all my ideas are informed by 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 so many different situations and so many different people uh, learning and struggling to adapt to 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 the U.S. business culture. In terms of your specific question, I find that people um, <clears throat> no, I, I actually find most people don't actually understand why it's hard for them. I think I think pretty much everyone can say that they feel anxious. Mm -hmm. I think pretty much everyone can say that they would prefer to avoid whatever situation it is. Mm -hmm. Like in other words, not make small talk if they feel uncomfortable, not pitch and promote themselves, not go to that networking event, not right. 
uh, deliver feedback in the way that they need to in the United States, whatever it might be that they'd prefer to avoid it because it's anxiety provoking. I think very few people have a finger on the sort of pulse of what specifically is challenging about it. And so I think that's about American culture. About their experience of that situation in American culture. So in other words, is it because they feel inauthentic? Is it because they feel embarrassed? Is it because they feel resentful? Is it because they feel... uh, incompetent? Is it a mix of these things? Mm-hmm. So so, so when you can sort of dig down a little deeper and use language, and I have a whole series of self-assessment tools as well that people can, you know, will be able to take as part of the course, it starts to give you, when you can start to name the challenges you face, it gives you a little bit more I don't know, just like a little bit more control, frankly, over 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 the situation because now it's you're not just um, anxious and maybe even afraid. You're you're still anxious, but you're maybe less afraid because you can name what what's what what you're actually struggling with. And the other thing that's powerful, I find, when you do this in a, in a group, is that you can realize that you're not alone. You know, you can realize that, you know, it's not just you, it's, it's so many other people who struggle with these things. Um, and, and so, so, so there's comfort in that. And there's also, um, the possibility of learning from other people about how they have started to cope with the challenges that you two are facing. Yeah. Okay. So, so if I, if I build a little bit on, on what you said, an example, can you give an example of how, uh, the, how the different challenges or what different challenges people will face either uh say from from nowadays russia uh and say the netherlands uh, just as an example and, <laughs> and then uh, dealing with american business culture of course yeah so so uh, gosh someone from the netherlands i'm guessing uh mm-hmm. no 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 i'm not an expert i i, I would say i'm an expert uh, on American business culture, I'm uh-huh. I'm not an expert on on Dutch business culture. Okay. I've had I've had plenty of Dutch students, however. Uh-huh. Um, you know, so for example, I would guess, and you'd have to tell me, I would guess that the level of self promotion in the Netherlands is lower than the expected level of self promotion in the United States. Um, you know that that would be one example. Mm-hmm. So if someone chose to sort of, um, if someone chose their situation in in, in American business culture is pitching or promoting themselves, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's at an interview or a networking event or whatever situation, that could be an example where there's a gap between the Netherlands mm-hmm. and the United States. Another situation I'm I'm guessing mm-hmm. between the Netherlands and the United States might be uh, public speaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in the United States, uh, the level of enthusiasm and the level of informality when you're doing public speaking, I'm guessing, uh, is a little bit more exaggerated and higher than in the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing it's, it's slightly more formal, slightly more serious and slightly less uh, enthusiastic. Uh, it's interesting how you phrase that enthusiastic because that uh, you know continue yes I'll, I'll pitch on that uh, in a in a moment yeah and, I, and I'd be curious to hear your, your you know your your impression this is just my guess uh-huh. that 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 in the United States oftentimes giving a talk is what they call edutainment like yeah. education and entertainment together uh, and although that could be the case in the Netherlands I'm not sure my guess is that the style of how one does that in the United States. Uh, in most contexts is a bit more amped up. 
Now, of course, by the way, I, I should mention that when we're talking about cultures, as you well know, and I'm sure the listeners know as well, you know, there are many different elements of culture. There is national culture, as we're talking about. There's sure. also regional culture. There's company culture. There's professional mm-hmm. culture, right? Yeah. IT versus uh, sales versus yeah finance and so on. So so it is a complex picture. And I and I do emphasize for folks in my course that what they want to choose is a situation uh, and, and then they need to figure out that, that very specific situation, how that would differ in their culture and in the, in, in the United States. So anyways, going back to the U.S., what, what do you think? Um, I'll put the question back to you okay. uh, have, uh, in the Netherlands and the United States. What do you think would be some key differences? Have I, have I captured some or would you, would you, uh, would you, would you push back on those all of a sudden i feel like i'm being interviewed at this moment <laughs> <laughs> which is fine no you got some good points there uh typically um and uh which triggered the idea you said uh, more enthusiastic right you would say public speaking for instance in the u.s americans are more enthusiastic and the dutch are somewhat toned down which i think is is correct i mean i agree uh, with what you say, um, it's, it's, you say less enthusiastic. And if you look at it from the other side, if you look at it from the Dutch side, my own home country, we would look at the Americans as being overly exaggerating. You know, it's, I've, I've, I've been in a situation whereby an American, uh, manager was managing an IT team. And he came back from Berlin and he had seen the Berliner uh, Philharmonica Orchestra and he was like flabbergasted. He thought it was so good. And he came back to this office. It was his story and I'm repeating his story. He came back to his office and he came on a Monday morning. He said, I've seen something fantastic, right? <laughs> Outrageous. And the Dutch were looking at him like, huh? It's, it was music, right? And it was good, but outrageous. And so, and well, so. Your assessment is correct, I think. Um, the, the question that follows from this is, how do you avoid from from stepping into to stereotypes and ping-ponging those back and forth? Well, but here, let, let's talk about stereotypes in a minute. I just okay. want to come back to sure. that example because it's someone who wants to take my course in the Netherlands. And let's say that they, what might be the case, Mm -hmm. and I agree with you, I think a lot of people feel Americans are overly enthusiastic, that they're maybe even superficial, that that's all fine, because that's really an impression based on your own cultural lens of the United States, right? Which is what in in the United States might have an impression based on, someone from the US might have an impression based, you know, Dutch culture and other culture based on their own cultural lens. All all that's fine um, and and natural. But the challenge comes when someone from the Netherlands, let's say, happens to be working in the United States for an American boss. And so that mm-hmm. American boss starts to think to themselves, huh, Rick, you know, like Chris, Chris is really, he, he just doesn't seem really excited by the, by the work here. No. I, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to put him on that, on that, on that, um, on that really great job opportunity, or I'm not going to give him, you know, some, some advanced position, mm-hmm. or I'm not going to be able to push his career forward because I just don't know if he really wants to be here. Yeah. So what they're doing is they're inferring, they're taking that cultural norm of, 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 of not, sort of um, the less exaggerated, more serious, more toned down, mm-hmm. let's say, du- Dutch style in comparison to the U.S. in drawing conclusions about that, about your level of interest, your level of enthusiasm, your level of career commitment, right? Mm-hmm. And so then you might become, the Dutch person might become quite frustrated because no, of course they care about their career and they want to move forward. They just have a different style, sure. right? True. And so then they might then they might say to themselves, okay, 
But for me to succeed in the U.S., I'm going to have to learn to amp up my style and switch my cultural behavior. And that's where a course like mine comes in, where they might feel completely inauthentic doing that. They might feel resentful about the fact they have to do it. They might not know even how to do it, like how enthusiastic am I supposed to be and so on and so forth. And so they realize they need to switch and adapt their cultural behavior, but it's really it's it's hard to do psychologically. It's hard to do, mm-hmm. you know. And and so, so 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 that would be a really good example. Another example might be an Indian. Uh, an Indian uh, young professional in the United States in the same situation having to, I don't know, p- um, promote themselves and speak positively about themselves when in their culture doing like that, do- doing that would be inappropriate. Yes. Uh, or, or, or someone from China who realizes that they need to make small talk on the elevator with their boss or with the CEO. Uh-huh. Right. Because because in the United States, those are great opportunities to talk about last night's baseball game or something in the elevator or near, you know, in the coffee room with a CEO. But in China, you just would not do that. Nope. So so these are these are what I mean by the situations that professionals find themselves in. And that's where mar- mastering American business culture becomes really uh, important. And that's the whole point of the course. Uh, in terms of your question about stereotypes, mm-hmm. you're right. Um, I I. I um, I think I think it's very important to avoid stereotypes. What I what I often talk about is the difference between prototypes and stereotypes. So a prototype would be sort of if you if you somehow could assess, you know, using a psychological tool or a cultural analysis tool, what the average in a country would be. So for example, if you're comparing, I don't know, um, um, let's say Dutch to Italians, mm-hmm. uh, in, in terms of emotional expressiveness, yeah. if you somehow were able to sort of assess, you know, are, are Dutch or Italians more emotionally expressive? I, I imagine on average, Italians would probably I would, be more- I would agree, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but but that's a prototype. That that's not a stereotype. That's actually a prototype. That's probably true. But if you took a normal curve, if you look, if you go back to sort of math and statistics, uh-huh. if you look normal curve, there's going to be variation in Italy. There are going to be people in Italy who mm-hmm. are super emotionally expressive. There'll be people in Italy who aren't particularly emotionally expressive. Yes, the average in Italy will probably be higher than the average in the Netherlands, yeah. but you'll also find variation in the Netherlands. So in other words, the implication of all this is you might find certain Dutch people who are very emotionally expressive, certain Italians who are very reserved. And so it's not, you don't want a stereotype. A stereotype is assuming based on someone's cultural background that they're going to be a certain way. That's stereotyping. And that, mm-hmm. of course, is inaccurate. Yeah. Prototyping, though, I think is, is is often quite useful. Prototyping says, huh, in general, I'm, I'm guessing someone from Italy will probably be more emotionally expressive than someone from the Netherlands. But that's just a guess. And that's a guess mm-hmm. based on national averages. I really need to meet this person to see what they're like. Yeah. Is this that prototyping something you use in your, in your course? I, I do talk about prototyping, yes. Uh, I mean, that's something I've always talked about. But yeah, I, I mentioned that in the course as well, yeah. Okay. And then and then you said earlier as well, indeed, if you have to be more outspoken and more extrovert, which is maybe not in your own culture and not even in your own personality, uh, we come back to this very important thing, and you've written about that as well, comfort zone. Uh, how do you, how can you comfortably step outside of your comfort zone? How do you do that is there a method for that or is it just cold turkey just be extroverted because i think that is against the grain isn't it yeah no it's absolutely i mean i don't think that's going to work and that's the whole point of the course and that's the point of my methods and that's the point that's that's actually why i wrote the book reach uh-huh. to help 
to, to create it. I've, I've developed a system to help people step outside their comfort zone. Um, in, in, in their variety of pieces of that system, I mean, you want to make sure that you, first of all, discover why it's worth doing for mm-hmm. you. What's your source of conviction? Like, in, in other words, if you don't have the, this is against the grain. And if you don't have that source of conviction, that wind at your back, that is, you know, that at a deep level for why this matters to you, uh, then it's going to be hard to do. Um, another really key strategy that I work with people on that's featured in my course mm-hmm. is what I call customization. And this is really, I would say, kind of at the heart of all of it. I hinted at this in Global Dexterity, but now I really expand upon it in Reach and in my new online course. And the idea of customization is the idea that there's no one-size-fits-all version mm-hmm. of doing anything in any culture, in any situation. So yes, let's say you need to be more extroverted or more outgoing because mm-hmm. that's what the new norm is in a certain culture. But you can find your way of doing that. I often use the the image of like an archery target. Like if you like archery, if you've seen archery, mm-hmm. uh, and there are various rings of the target and you can shoot a bow. With, with a bow, you can shoot an arrow into the ring. I think sometimes people think, you know, when in Rome, act like the Romans. You know, really you have to act exactly like the Romans, which would imply that center bullseye of the target and you have to be exactly like yeah. some certain image. The reality, I think, in most situations, in most cultures and most circumstances is that there's a much wider band of appropriateness. And so the key key is to find a place in that band, in that zone of appropriateness, where you can start to sort of inch towards something that seems and will be more acceptable or appropriate in the new culture, but that sort of feels right to you right? Your version of it. And it takes some experimentation. In some ways, it's almost like, um, you know, it's like in the United States here and perhaps in the Netherlands, I don't know. Uh, but but we have we have something called fusion cuisine. Like, yeah. you know, you'll, you'll see a lot of restaurants here, you know, I don't know, blending, you know, African and Spanish food yes. or, you know, Mexican and Dutch. I don't I haven't seen that. I used to actually love there was a great restaurant when I was in graduate school uh, in Cambridge. I, w- I went to Harvard in, in, in Cambridge, Massachusetts. It was uh-huh. a fantastic, fantastic restaurant uh, called China Cafe. And it was run by a, a man from Switzerland and his wife from China. And it was a it was a it was a fusion restaurant of Chinese Swiss, and it was fantastic. And I'm I'm, I'm disappointed that's it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. It was so good. it was so good. But but what I'm saying is that I think that that's ultimately at the heart of this as well. You're creating a fusion. Uh-huh. Um, you want to be able to create a fusion. You're not going to go cold turkey. What you said before, yeah. cold turkey sort of implies suppressing, discarding yourself. Your natural self, yes. Yeah, and that's never going to work. You're going to feel completely inauthentic. It's more of a fusion process, you know. And 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 in some experimentation, you know, I don't think when that when when that uh, when China Cafe first started, they just sort of somehow created some perfect blend of Swiss and Chinese food. They had to work at it over time to refine it, right? To figure yeah. out what the ingredients were, wh- how how you can make that blend. But I bring people through that process, and I find the results are really powerful. People. Mm-hmm ultimately are able to discover what their challenges are, what the cultural gaps are, and start to see a light at the end of the tunnel and say, huh, you know what, I can do this. I can create this blend. And I, and, and they don't feel afraid anymore and they stop avoiding the situation. So I've seen this for many, many, many years in my sort of live action, real courses, in-person courses. And so that was the, the inspiration to try to reach more people through an online platform.
Okay. It's, it's, um, it's one of these, I mean, one question leads to the other. Um, because that's something that I, I tend to bump in as well. And I find it so difficult to give people a handle on how to deal with this. Take, for instance, the example where, um, you would probably agree with me that Americans are more direct than Indians when it comes to, um, not opposing, but, you know, confronting their boss with it, with, with a, uh, with a, 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 a good question. I mean, in India, you don't do that. In the US, if it's a well-grounded question, you can do that. So I would reckon Americans are more, are more direct than Indians. Um, and it's the, it's the, that the indirectness of Indians that we as in individualistic or Western cultures cannot read. We cannot read what goes on in the black box, uh, you know, in the indirect communication. Um, and I find it so difficult to, and I've seen people struggle so much with becoming any typical Indians, Japanese, Chinese, more collectivistic cultures to become more direct. How do you do that? How do you become more direct? And then, and then, you know, become more, well, uh, uh, play into the American business culture. Yeah. So, 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 so this is a good example. So the first thing I do is to try to help help the person who's trying to become more direct understand what's what particularly is hard for them Mm -hmm. is it that they feel inauthentic doing it is it that they feel guilty do they feel they're doing something wrong do they feel incompetent they don't know how to do it Mm -hmm. like that's a different issue right than feeling inauthentic do they feel do they feel embarrassed like like what's at the heart of it psychologically that's the first part as i was talking about before and i think that's really important because that starts to give you a handle on what the challenges are so the challenges that one person from india faces are not going to be exactly the same is the challenges that someone else will face. And then when we get to customization, ultimately, when you help people try to learn how to do this, I think there are a couple of really key things. Um, The first key thing is finding your own way of doing it. So for someone, I'm just making this up, of course, because we're not, we're we're talking hypothetically. It's, it's possible that tinkering with the language that you use is actually a really key tool for someone. So for example, maybe they're not going to, maybe this Indian person is not going to be, you know, as direct as the most direct person in the United States, but, but maybe they can find their way. So maybe for them, uh, it's important to start with a question, uh, something like, um, like, like, do you have a moment? I was wondering if I could could, could ask you something. Mm-hmm. So, 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 so starting with a bit of politeness and a question sort of to sandwich the, the directness that's, that's going to follow to soften it in their mind, to sandwich it. In the it's mind possi- of, of the Indian in this example. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. So, so that would be, that's so, so playing around with the language would might, might be a really important thing. Okay. So that, that's just one example, but there are many different tools that you can use to experiment and try it out. Um, and, and sort of come up with your own way, whether it's language, whether it's timing, whether some people bring a prop, like a physical prop to a situation that makes them feel more sure. comfortable. Oh, yeah. uh, there are all sorts of ways to try to tinker with it and make it your own. And then what I, I have to tell you, what I find mm-hmm. is that after one or two one of the biggest impediments is is basically avoidance. And mm-hmm. once people, and, and this is, by the way, another powerful element of a course like this, because it it by by signing up for a course like this, you you essentially buy in to the fact that you're going to not avoid it anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. And what I find is that people often have an epiphany that after once or twice they say to themselves, you know what, this actually isn't as hard as I thought it was. Yes, there's a cultural difference, but my fear was getting in the way. And, and, and actually trying it out, 
like this, it's it, it it's not as hard as I thought. Yes, I'm going to tinker with it. Yes, I'm going to try to figure out different ways to phrase it. Mm-hmm. Maybe this way works, this way doesn't work. But it's a little bit, once I've actually gone out and tried it, it's a little bit less intimidating than I thought. Yeah. And so that's there's something very powerful in actually trying it. Because if you avoid and avoid and avoid, like I see so many people do, whether it's being direct as we're talking about, whether it's making small talk with people when you don't feel comfortable doing that, whether it's pitching and promoting yourself and networking, when you avoid something, it's sort of like avoiding a snake if you're afraid of snakes. Yes, there's a relief because you don't have to see that snake. Mm-hmm. But then next time around, the snake's not going to be any easier to confront. Right. It's not going to go away. <laughs> no, no, your fear will just intensify. Yeah. Uh, but but and so that so one of the key aspects of a course like this is simply a sort of supportive educational forcing mechanism to bring people into a situation and to in some ways demystify it. So that that's that's pretty powerful too. But that's what I but I think that customization piece that I was talking about mm-hmm. finding your own way, your own style, something that can work for you is 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 really kind of like the the um the magic the magic bullet here to try to figure out how to sort of step outside your cultural comfort zone and this is all this what you just talked about is being taught in your uh your upcoming course or the course uh, yeah, that is existing it's, it's, uh, if you're listening essential. to this in the future it's essential to the course yeah. it's 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 the core element of the course okay you um, keep talking about american business culture uh are we talking about north american business culture or would you make a clear distinction between the us and canada of course the canadians would say yes there's a clear distinction but is is that true oh it's a good question oh, i'm going to get <laughs> i'm going to get i'm going to get in a lot of trouble here for my canadian friends i think that the cultures are very very close you I, know what i, I mean i agree i agree i support uh, you they're very very close. Um, uh, so, so I would, you know, I, I'm talking about uh, America, the United States, the 50 states, but, but I, I think that what we're talking about would also help people adapting yes. to Canadian culture as well. Though I can't consider myself a true expert, though I do have some very close Canadian friends. <laughs> And, that's not i don't you know we live i live pretty i'm in boston so we're yeah. just six hours drive and it's <laughs> and like you said it's not it's not identical but it's very comparable very close very yeah. close indeed yeah. indeed, yeah. indeed. Yeah. so uh, now um what can you like mention like what are the three most common challenges that people face when working with americans the, what are, or have we talked about this like making small talk for instance I think the the two biggest challenges that I find yeah. are making small talk with people they don't know or people who are higher them higher than them in the hierarchy. Yes. And, and so people who come from more hierarchical cultures find that very difficult yeah. to have informal small talk and how to do it, how to start it, how to continue it, how to end it, how to you know all all sorts of things. And and then I find networking in in all the elements of networking, pitching and promoting yourself, speaking positively about yourself. Um the other situation I guess I would say would be sort of asserting yourself, whether it's uh, participating mm-hmm. in a meeting, students, uh, foreign students, and we have millions of foreign students in the United States uh, participating in a classroom discussion, which is very similar, frankly, to participating in a meeting in a, in a business context, yeah. but uh, sort of asserting yourself, asserting your point of view. Um, I find that a, a another um, big challenge. And then I find the biggest uh, ch- the biggest reasons why people struggle with this are, are, are feeling inauthentic, feeling like this isn't me, and, and feeling uh, I- incompetent, 
uh, that I'm not good at this, and then sometimes feeling like I'm doing something wrong right. because in, ingrained in in them yeah. in, 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 in is is sort of a standard, a set of values. And when you have to step outside your cultural comfort zone, you're often going against the grain of your of your values, despite mm-hmm. the fact that despite the fact that you know that 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 you're doing this for a reason, which is to be more effective, to be more successful, and so on, and more culturally competent. Yes, right. Yeah, it's um it's an excellent segue. I think I hope at least for asking you the the two last questions. Um, um, the one but last question is, if you can give us three tips to become more culturally competent, maybe more specifically towards American business culture. Yeah, uh, so tips to become more culturally competent. Um, I would say my first tip is to um, uh, understand that um, that there's a that that oftentimes people talk about the fact that um, when you're a new culture, uh, when in Rome, act like the Romans, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's very common advice you hear. Um, another piece of common advice you hear is uh, just be yourself. Uh, I cannot tell you how many times I've heard experienced business people say the key to crossing cultures is just to be yourself. <laughs> I think my first tip is that the reality is between those two. <laughs> I don't think I don't think it's it's when in Rome act like the Romans because in that case you're uh, essentially suppressing or losing yourself. Uh, and and I also don't think that the the truth is is to just be yourself because that doesn't take into account the differences in norms sure. and, yeah. and expectations for behavior. I think the the key is finding a way to to be yourself uh, and to adapt to. A new culture, but without losing yourself in the process, and that's that's my first Excellent. my first my first tip. Um, the the second tip, I guess, would be to um, understand that that adapting across cultures isn't just about culture; it's about um, psychology and emotions and emotional intelligence in addition to cultural intelligence. And so to start to understand um, what the emotional or psychological challenges that you face uh, in adapting to a new culture, that is an essential element of of cross-cultural fluidity because ultimately you're stepping outside your comfort zone. That's at the at the heart of crossing cultures, yeah. and that that at the heart of that is a psychological emotional issue, and that's what I feature in my course as well. Um, is to to not go at it alone. Um, you know, and, and, and I would say that, 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 that might, that might involve a coach. It might involve a mentor. It might involve a colleague. And that's, that's exactly why at the heart of, of my course, I, I, my, my new online course that, that I've created, mm-hmm. I, I, I do that two ways. I, I have people in small, in small groups, and I also have people, uh, guided with a cross-cultural coach. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really critical, uh, for a variety of reasons. I think you can get a lot of interesting information and insight from other people mm-hmm. and then more more from an emotional standpoint you you can see that you're not alone that, that other people are struggling with things yes. too that you know it sort of normalizes things for you and so it's that, not those, it's not only you exactly yeah. that's right so yeah. so those would be my three tips okay excellent well ec- three excellent tips thank you very much um uh, professor Mulinski or andy uh, what uh, how can people get in touch with you or how can people find this course that you're talking about yeah so so um so my to, to find me, uh, my website's the the best way. Uh, it's www.andymalinsky.com, and I imagine perhaps you might 
um, have show notes or a, a yes, way to, for people to link to that. Um, I also have a, a landing page uh, for, for for my course, and and that's that's sort of hard for me to to say uh, here and for people to remember. So perhaps that might be useful as as an additional link. Um, and uh, and and then through social media, I've got all my you know my my website is sort of the hub, and I've got all the links to social media there. Uh, LinkedIn, I'm fairly active on, and Twitter and face. I have a, a public Facebook site and, and, and so on. I can't say I'm great at Instagram, but my 11 and 13 year old children have been helping me with that. <laughs> so, I know that's what they do. I know, I know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, my website's the main way and, I, and maybe we can also put up the landing page for the course. Yes. All right. Okay. You can find all that if you go to culturematters.com, click on the podcast tab and, and um, look at the, uh, the podcast, the two actually from, uh, from Andy Malinsky. We'll put that link also in the show notes. Andy, once again, it's been uh, it's been really good having you on the show. Um, possibly, maybe we'll talk in two years' time. Who knows? <laughs> maybe. That would be fun. All right. You take care, and I'm pretty sure we'll bump into, into each other in the future. Sounds good. Thanks a lot. Bye. Thanks, Andy. Um, like I said, I'm pretty sure we'll bump into each other in the future, perhaps in about two years' time. Who knows? All right. Do subscribe to the podcast. Leave a review on iTunes. The five-star review is the preferred um, star number, of course. And if you know anyone that make a, would make a good guest on the show, why don't you drop me a line uh, at chris.smith at culturematters.com and we'll see what we can do about that. This episode was produced by Janice Sheila and the music was by Ben Sound. My name is Chris Smith and this was the Culture Matters Podcast. I'll be back in two weeks' time. Take care. Bye-bye. That's it for this episode. Culture Matters, making you understand cultural diversity better by interviewing real people with real experiences. Your host, Chris Smith, has a plan. A plan for people who are looking for a solution.